Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the James McDonald Podcast, where we say love to live to love. That's our focus, that's our passion, and we invite you to let God's Word have that impact in your life right now. Here's Pastor James. Open your Bibles to Colossians. Today we study uh, the book of Colossians. We start, we're going to study it verse by verse. You'll know when we're in the middle when we start chapter 3. You'll know that we're at the end when we get to the end of chapter 4. And let me just uh, say that the book of Colossians is an absolute mountain peak in Scripture. Uh, The title of the series is Satisfaction, and uh, I think we're all in favor of that. The problem comes when we're looking for places in places where it is not found. But abundant satisfaction is available to us in Christ. I'll send you on a little mission. Find out where it says uh, in Colossians, um, you are complete in Him. What what an astounding assertion. Colossians has assertions about the supremacy of Christ like no other book in the New Testament. And if you want to not just know Jesus Christ, but to know how awesome He truly is, Colossians is the place to be. So we're calling this uh, Satisfaction, Christ for Empty Hearts. And um, let me just read a couple of the verses to you. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Now an apostle was, what was an apostle? Do you know, do you know, do you know? A lot of people using the term apostles today, and I don't want to quibble about it, but they're not apostles. Uh, The word apostle, apostolos, means to be sent on a mission, and lots of people are sent on a mission. Uh, Pastor John, don't we feel like we were sent to do this? So we're sent on a mission, but that's not really what an apostle is. Paul was an apostle. An apostle is a person who has seen the resurrected Christ and who can do miracles on demand. Now, if you can do miracles on demand, there should be a longer line in front of you than there is. And so, uh, no more apostles. Ephesians 2.20 says that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And a lot of error comes into the church by people trying to recreate apostolic ministry. We're so thankful for the apostles uh, who are the foundation uh, for the church of Christ. So, uh, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And Timothy, our brother. Timothy was probably the one who uh, brought the message. Uh, To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. So much could be said about that. You've probably listened to whole messages in your life at some point, maybe where someone went into each one of those words in detail. Uh, But the message today, uh, I have the uh, uh, task of of going through 14 verses. Turn to your neighbor and say, impossible. That is, that is truly, but with God, all things are possible. It could happen. It could happen. We're going to try to go through all of this meaningfully. The theme in the passage, as you'll see pretty quickly, is gospel. If you don't have a Bible in front of you on your phone, on your mobile device, everyone should be looking at God's Word if you possibly can. There are people all around you who'd love to share with you. Here we go uh, through the text. Two main thoughts. Here's the first one. Always be thankful for the gospel. Always be thankful for the gospel. And then just kind of five thoughts that will neatly organize under that theme. But before I get to them, you can't just rip the Bible. I say this all the time. You can't just rip the Bible open and, oh, you know, I'm going to start reading here now. You know, flip a page. Oh, what's this say? And, and uh, you heard about the guy who was trying to figure out God's will and he just flipped his Bible open, right? And, and he flipped, he said, whatever this is, wherever my finger hits, that's God's will for me. And he flipped the Bible and he went to it and it said, and Judas went out and hanged himself. 
And he flipped another page and he put his finger down and it said, go thou and do likewise. So we don't just rip the Bible open and start reading it. We've got to know a little bit of what we have in our hands. This is the book of Colossians. Everyone say Colossians. Uh, first of all, maybe just a little bit about the Apostle Paul himself, uh, lest we uh, assume that. Um, I guess um, it would probably be good for you to know that um, the Apostle Paul, here's 10 facts about him. Uh, number one, though he was Jewish born, uh, he was Jewish. He was born in Tarsus, so he was a Roman citizen. That was very significant. Uh, in his uh, lifetime. Uh, he was a persecutor of the church before he was converted to Christ. Uh, he was a Pharisee, which means he was a religious leader, kind of a stuffy, let's don't have them over for dinner guy. And uh, he was actually converted to Christ on the road to Damascus, a city in Syria you could still go to today. And he was walking in that direction. Jesus Christ, post-resurrection, appeared to him on the road, took him down uh, hard. And, and as a result of it, he was humbled. Sometimes you've got to be taken down hard, right? Anybody? Come on now. Come on now. Anybody had to be taken down hard? And Paul got taken down hard, and he yielded and gave his life uh, to Christ. Uh, he was present for the first martyr in the church, Acts 7, Stephen Stoning. Paul was there watching, actually, kind of like a rookie. He was holding the coats of the people. Hey, we're going to really kill this guy with rocks. We've got to get our coats off. And so they took their coats off. He said, well, I'll hold the coats. And that was... Must have been something to see as Stephen said, Father, forgive them, you know, quoting what Jesus had said at his crucifixion. But upon conversion, he became a tireless a missionary to the church. Uh, humanly speaking, uh, we would not be here today if it weren't for the Apostle Paul. Everything that went west was him, and we are the fruit through many generations of his faith and faithfulness to the gospel. He wrote uh, almost 50% of the New Testament. Almost, think of that. The epistles are about 50% of the New Testament. Uh, he was brutally persecuted. He was imprisoned. And he was ultimately martyred uh, for the faith. This is interesting. From the Apocrypha, which means rejected. These are books that were rejected as not inspired. Nevertheless, there is historic content in them. Whether this is accurate or not, we don't know. But there is an apocryphal book called The Acts of Paul, and in it, this is how Paul is described. How do you picture him? This is how Paul's described. And he saw Paul coming, a man of little stature, thin-haired upon the head. Amen. <laughs> thin-haired upon the head, crooked legs, eyebrows joining. Unibrow, scary. Nose somewhat crooked. Sometimes he appeared like, like a man, and sometimes he had the face of an angel. So his power, of course, was in his love for the Lord and in his countenance, not in his physical presence. So that's a little bit about Paul. Now a little bit about Colossae. This is always people's exciting. If you're a geography major, here comes the map. You, uh, a lot of people have been to Italy. Uh, less people have been to uh, Greece. Uh, fewer still. Uh, to the west coast of Turkey, there on the, um, but that's where Colossae was. And um, I could say a lot about it, but by, by, it had been a major trade route, but by Paul's day, uh, Colossae was not a significant city. I was reminded of this in my preparation for this message. Paul never went to Colossae. 
Never. He wrote to them from prison. If you'll see in a minute in verse 7, Epaphras was one of Paul's disciples who heard Paul preach the gospel at Ephesus. He took the message and went to Colossae. And I guess Paul heard, and yet he was, must have been rejoicing in it significantly enough that he took the time here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write this letter. So that's a little bit about their relationship. I think it's interesting that Paul says about them praying always. And um, so with that, let's jump into the text. And as I said, um, always be thankful for the gospel. Here's the first reason why um, we're thankful for the gospel. Are you thankful for the gospel? Here's a reason to be thankful for the gospel. It's accessed by faith. You get the benefits of the gospel by faith. Now, let me show that to you in the text. Colossians 1, 3, we always thank God. See, there's the theme, thank. And if you look down at the end of verse 5, you'll see gospel. So, I'm not making this up, right? Thankful for the gospel. Do you, come on now, do you see it in the Bible? You've got to see it in the text. There it is, thankful. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your, say it. Faith. Come on, since we heard of your of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. And Christians are supposed to be loving people more on that a little later in the message. But the start of it all, the cause of it all, the beginning of it all is faith. This idea of belief in the gospel. Faith in the gospel is engagement with God. And I don't know who you are exactly, many of you, and how you got to church today, but if you want more of the living God in your life, that is accessed by faith. Now, God could show up here this morning, trust me when I tell you, God could show up this morning and have us all on our faces in a matter of seconds, true or false. But God has decided to have instead those who believe the evidence... God would rather have a few who believe the evidence that he has put in creation and put in the sky and put in the ocean and put in our hearts. The Bible says eternity is in our hearts. He would rather have those who believe the evidence uncoerced than those who are forced into believing by seeing. What did Jesus say? You believe because you've seen. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe but have not seen. And so faith is something that honors God. Think about it. Heather, that was awesome what you did this morning. Thank you for your gift. She's really my favorite singer on the face of the planet. I remember the first time I heard her sing, I went to the airport afterwards and I called a friend on the phone and I said, I just heard a person sing like I didn't know what singing was till I heard that person sing. What a gift. Imagine that you had a gift that was unlike any other person on the face of the earth or that God had ever made. In fact, imagine that your gift was so great that it absolutely humbled every person who ever saw you use that gift, whatever that gift was. Wouldn't you immediately begin to wonder why it was people wanted to relate to you as they did? Wouldn't you become fairly quickly fearful of disclosing your gift because you always battled against the reality of why is it that these people have this interest in me? Now take that silly little illustration. Come on, everyone say silly. And extend it to the awesomeness and the unimaginable infiniteness of the God of the universe. And it immediately begins to make sense why it is God has ordained faith. He lays back. 
He gives evidence and puts fingerprints and says in so many ways, I'm here. But he does not coerce submission. He invites faith. And one of the reasons the gospel is so awesome is because it is offered freely, the good news of forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus and the gift of eternal life. It's offered freely. Everyone say freely. And it is accessed by faith. Like, why do some people seem to have a love for God? I don't have it. Why do some people have an interest in God's word? I don't have it. Why do those Christians sing so passionately? I don't feel it. Why? They have faith. You've got to start with faith, y'all. You've got to start with some faith. And if you're here at church today and someone dragged you here or you come out of a sense of obligation, but you know it's not really growing and flowing in your heart like it should or like it did, get back on where you got off and get back to faith, faith in the gospel. Paul said, I delivered to you that which I've also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, how he was buried and rose on the third day according to the scriptures. This is the good news of Jesus, that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What an astounding assertion. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be what? Saved. saved. What does that mean, saved? It means forgiven. It means saved from eternal judgment that rests upon every person on the planet. How many people here know? Hands up if you know John 3, 16. <laughs> Good. I like to give a winner first. John 3, 16. Okay. Uh, hands up now if you know John 3, 17. Okay, there's a significant fall off there. You don't see a lot of John 3, 17 held up at golf tournaments. <laughs> For God, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not but have eternal life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, so many believers so filled with condemnation, but that's not Jesus. Jesus didn't come to condemn. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Then verse 18. So how many people in verse 18? Because this is it now, y'all. And this is the condemnation. You say, well, condemnation? Saved from what? This is the condemnation. And this is the condemnation that men love darkness rather than light. In fact, it goes on to say, let me just read it so I get it perfect. Nothing worse than the preacher misquoting the scripture. Someone say amen. amen. <laughs> whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever, there it is, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed. I'm condemned already until I believe. It's such a awesome thing the way that it all hinges on what we believe. So always be thankful for the gospel. It's accessed by faith. And then I'm at verse 5 now. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because, verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. The love that you have, that's an astounding, I could spend the rest of the message on that. Someone say don't. That right there is so awesome. That's, that's like, I don't have to have any more quiet time. I'm just going to sit here and journal about that for the rest of the day. If you're struggling to love someone, 
If you're struggling to keep loving someone, if you're struggling to go back to loving someone, everyone say as we all do. If you're struggling with that, an astounding thing was just said. The love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. How can I keep loving him? How can I go back to my son? How can I go back to my father? How can I go back? How can I keep loving that person? Because of the hope that's laid up for you in heaven. Because of the hope that's laid up for you in heaven. I'm going to go tell them. <laughs> because of the hope that's laid up for you in heaven. Amen. All right? That's why. That's how you can keep loving. This isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. This is the preparation for it. Today's the day to love. Today's the day to give. Today's the day to keep, 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 keep trying, even when it's hard, even when you feel like you can't go on. Because of the hope that's laid up for you. Now, laid up is kind of a nice concept. You know, everybody puts everything on plastic now, right? But there was a time a long time ago, my grandparents told me about it, <laughs> where people would put things on. I can't really afford that right now, but it's there for me. That's what this is. I prayed with a man this week. We both had tears in our eyes over the subject of we're going to heaven. People have put their faith in the gospel. We're going to heaven. Now, some people think that's super arrogant, right? How can you, how can, how can you, are you going to heaven? Gosh, you're so arrogant. You rush in here, you sit in the front row, and now you tell me you're going to heaven. <laughs> I mean, you got a lot of nerve, bro. You're going to heaven. You're sure of it. Isn't that arrogant to think you're going to heaven? That's so arrogant to think you're going to heaven. Well, let me, let me say it to you this way. Um, it, it isn't arrogant. Um, assurance of heaven is not arrogant. It's, it, in fact, it's not more arrogant than assurance of chocolate chip cookies if you follow the recipe. Hands up if you know how to make chocolate chip cookies. You know how to make them? You know how to make them? Really, you do? Yeah, I know you're, you're, I know you're looking at me, you're thinking, he for sure knows. I, <laughs> I know if you follow the recipe, we, I, we've got a really good one. I don't make a lot of things, but I years ago used to make chocolate chip cookies. And I never, after you make the recipe, after you make the balls, after you put them preheat, put them in the oven. I'm not sitting in the kitchen going, yeah, I wonder what's going to come out. If you came up to me and said, what's coming out of the oven? I said, chocolate chip cookies. You'd be like, you're arrogant. <laughs> you would never think that. It isn't arrogant to be assured of heaven if you're following the biblical recipe. And the biblical recipe is already stated, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be, say it, that's not arrogant. That's faith. I believe what God said. I don't think I'm going to heaven because I'm awesome. I think I'm going to heaven because Jesus is awesome, and I have put my faith in him. So, do you hear about the preacher who was uh, preaching in a setting just like this? And he said, in fact, I'll just do what he did. Um, Hands up if you're going to heaven. Hands up if you want to go to heaven. And everybody, hands up if you want to go to heaven. That's what he said. Everybody put their hand up. There's this one little boy sitting in the front row of the balcony. He didn't put his hand up. And preachers, we see stuff, you know. 
And so he saw the little boy, he said, well, maybe he didn't hear me. So he says it again, like this. He said, hands up if you want to go to heaven. Everybody put their hand up. Little boy didn't put his hand up. Preacher can't take it, I guess, can't move on. So he just says, hey, little boy, why, why didn't you put your hand up? Don't you want to go to heaven? The little boy said, well, yeah, mister, someday. But it seemed like you were get fixing to take a load right now. <laughs> This is going to work out good. You guys think the same things are funny that I do. Okay. <laughs> now, come on. Let's keep tracking through this passage. We've got some things in front of us. Always be thankful for the gospel. It's accessed by faith. It's assurance of heaven. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? The gospel is assurance of heaven, laid up for you in heaven. Now, you'll see this in verse 6. Why am I thankful for the gospel? Here it is. It's changing the world. The gospel's changing the world. Verse 6, of this you, I'm running into verse 6 from the end of 5. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. The word gospel there, euangelion, it's an unfortunate translation. I wish they would just translate what the word meant instead of what it sounds like. That causes confusion around baptism. That causes confusion around this. The word euangelion, translated here gospel, just means good news. The word of truth, the good news, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Man, that is a lot of content. Now, there's different reasons why it's difficult to study different scriptural authors. The reason it's difficult to study Peter is because he's just like the guy you read about in the Gospels. He's like, and another thing, and while we're on that subject, and also I've been wanting to say, and the Holy Spirit uses the uh, personality of Peter to write a very certain way, and Peter's challenging to study for that reason. The reason Paul is challenging to study is because he's smarter than almost all of us, me for sure, and he has these like long sentences with little caveats and a little on the side, and you have to really concentrate to put it all together, what he's saying. Let me just read it all three through six. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope that's laid up for you in heaven. Of this... You have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, the this is the hope of heaven. The truth of the gospel, which has come to you, the gospel has come to you, as indeed, in, not just you, in the whole world, it's bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, starting since the day you heard it, and understood the grace of God in truth, another word for gospel, the grace of God. Faith describes how we access the benefits of God's forgiveness in Christ. Grace describes our fitness for the gift. Faith is how you receive it. Grace is you can't earn it, don't deserve it. If that's clear, say clear. The grace of God in truth. It's such a beautiful picture, this idea that the gospel is changing the world. 
And by the way, if you have a dim view of Christianity, let it be born of the dim houses of worship that you have spent months or years sitting in, where the word of God is believed and proclaimed its authority without apology, where God's people are spirit-filled and faithful and prayerful and vertical, where a ministry is being pursued as though the things in this book are actually true. God is doing awesome things everywhere in the world still. And some things greater than we've ever seen in the history of the church. And if you have a dim view of the gospel or a discouraged outlook, it's without question because of what you've exposed yourself to. I've taken my car through car washes that when I was at the end, I thought to myself, this must be the only car wash left in the world if this is how they do it. You see what I'm saying? And some people have that view of the, of the kingdom of God in Christ. But that's because of where you've been, not because of what God is doing. And what he asserts here is as true today as the day it came off his pen before the ink was dry. Again, this gospel is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understand the grace of God in truth. So thankful for the gospel because it's accessed by faith, it's assurance of heaven, it's changing the world. Someone say amen. amen. And then this, it requires a messenger. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made, next word, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Well, so many things could be said there, but let's just say that um, the gospel requires a messenger. This good news of Jesus Christ requires a messenger. So if every Christ follower on the face of the earth was as faithful of a messenger as you have been, since you heard the truth, how would it be going? And as this location joins with the other seven locations of our church, let me say that those who have uh, preceded you uh, in Chicago have made a pledge over the next three years. The people in our church family have written down 11,000 names and have made a sacred pledge to attend a class of training on sharing the gospel and to, with God's help, everyone say with God's help, with God's help to share the gospel with each one of those people. 11,000. I've got my list. Kathy has her list. And so you might even just start thinking about who is proximitous to me that doesn't know about this life-changing message. If today were the last day, who could say to me, you were that close, and you didn't tell me? Not even a sentence, not even a personal word. I mean, maybe you weren't a preacher. Maybe you couldn't get me from A to Z, but you could have at least told me God loves you, and Jesus Christ died for you and will forgive you as he's forgiven me. If you pray with me right now, 
and just yield your life to him, he'll forgive you. He's forgiven me. You could memorize that little speech in three minutes. But how many are outside of the hearing because you're the closest speaker in their system? Praying for the Holy Spirit to convict. Just write down some names. Look, it's, it's not to feel, oh, gosh, I hate my life. That's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm doing. If that's happening to you, that's not from the Lord. The enemy condemns with generalizations. You know, she's an idiot. He's terrible. That's the enemy. That's not God. God's like super specific. The Holy Spirit's like, tell Bill. You see? Because he's not trying to cause us defeat and shame. He's trying to lead us into greater and greater glories of victory. So when the preacher's talking about the need to be a messenger of the gospel, I think I can say after 35 years that it's both a wonderful and a heart-rending responsibility. And the louder your messenger gets, the greater the opposition, the greater the struggle, the greater the battle, the greater the humbling, the greater the difficulty in persevering. But by God's grace, we do all of those things. So not to feel shame about it, but to feel conviction, specific. And write down a little name or two. I was unsatisfied with my amount of personal evangelism at the beginning of 2018. I thought, man, I'm a, I'm a preacher. And I know you're a superstar. You've already told us. But I, <laughs> come on, you know that's good. Come on, you know, I'm getting you good. <laughs> so you'd think that I would be doing that all the time. And I was doing that all the time, you know, in church and stuff. But in my personal goings about, I found that I was, you know, not working and I felt really convicted about it. I knew that was wrong. I didn't want to have to say that. So I started praying at the beginning of 2018, just, Lord, give me someone to share my faith with. Give me someone to talk to about you. Someone not from my church, not da-da-da-da-da. I can't believe at the end of one year, there was a man and his wife who own and run the restaurant where Kathy and I were. We led, got to lead them both to Christ, and they got baptized and are attending our church. There was a man that a friend of mine here and I met out uh, on Long Island when we were golfing and we spent a couple of days with him and outside of a golf club prayed with him to receive Christ. Kathy and I were overseas. There was a man that I met over. I just can't believe it. When you say, God, I want to tell someone about this, you can't believe how faithful he is to put the people in front of you. And if you're thinking to yourself, the reason why he's not putting people in front of me is because he doesn't want me to do it. Just see if, if you pray and ask for chances if he won't do that very thing and put it right in front of you. So... It requires a messenger, and it's proof, not just any messenger, it's proof is love, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit, the outstanding characteristic of all Christ followers, as it should be. But is it? I've been threatening to do this for about six months now, and I'm going to do it soon. I don't know when yet. But I'm going to go to a mall with our little video team, and I'm going to take $105 bills, and I'm going to just say, two minutes for $5, question one, are you a person of faith? If they say yes, I'll say, thanks, you're already done. If they say no, I'm going to say, second question, 
I'm going to say a word, and I want you to say the word that comes to your mind first. Ready? Christian. And I'm going to videotape their responses. And I'll show it to you. What do you think people are going to say? And how many out of 100, given a chance to say, I'm not a person of faith, what comes to your mind first when you hear the word Christian? How many will say, loving? The most loving guy at work. The most loving lady at the preschool. The most loving person on our street always has time for everyone without judgment, without condemnation. Man, I just feel like I'm like a million bucks every time I talk to them. See, with Jesus, the sinful people wanted to be with him more. And with Christianity, so often the sinful people want to be with us. Finish the sentence. I would describe the journey from truth Christian to loving Christian as the pilgrimage of my life. And I would welcome you to join me. Some of you I know are leading the way. So that should be the end of the message. But because they made me go through verse 14, we have to turn the page and do the rest really fast. Let's go. (laughs) Verse 9. Come on, help me. Someone say faster. And so, so everything he said, and so, this gospel that we're thankful for, jot this down, always be thankful for the gospel, always put the gospel to work. The gospel is not a concept, y'all. It's not, it's not a list of information on a page somewhere. The gospel changes everything. The gospel changes everything. And it's changing me. Always put the gospel to work. Now, this uh, little sequence here is such that I'm just going to read it to you. And I'll give you your blanks because I know some of you will never return to this church if you don't have your blanks filled in. So here it is. I'll just give it to you now. Verse 9, it's it's like a little sequence. These things run together. Some people who study the Bible call this what's coming right now the Colossians cycle. It's how the Christian life works. It's how it actually works. And it starts with knowing. See it in verse 9. And so from the day we heard it, we have not ceased to pray for you that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Next time you don't know what to pray for your kid, next time you don't know what to pray for your kin, all right, pray that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Boom! What do they need? I don't know what they need, but I'm sure it's in that drawer. God, I pray for my mother, I pray for my sister, I pray for my boss to be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What else do they need? The word knowledge there is two words uh, that come together. It's a deep, thorough knowing. The idea of the word filled there is overflowing to abundance. Thus, the graphics on the page of being overflowing, satisfied. The word wisdom there is knowing applied, knowing applied, actually put to work. And so what he's praying, jot this down, if I'm focused on knowing my God, this is it. 
man, what should I do? He said a lot of stuff. Do that. Do that from the whole message. Put more logs on the fire of knowing the Lord. Not just in your head, but in your heart. Not just understanding, but treasuring up and putting into practice those things. If I'm focused, how can I, I'm stuck. How can I get to a better place? Here it is. If I'm focused on knowing my God, I need some volunteers. Volunteers. Hey, kid, you get up here. I know him. His name's Luke. I'm just, don't try that at home. Come on, Luke. All right, just hold that knowing you're, you're in the sermon now. Stand here. Don't cause a, don't cause a scene. All right, knowing. And um, here comes the next one. If I'm focused on knowing my God, verse 10, then my life will be pleasing to God. Verse 10, I should be able to show you that in verse 10, right? So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, there it is, fully pleasing Him, filled with the knowledge of God, of His will, spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why, why? See, it's a sequence. This is like the longest sentence in human history. So as to walk, why, why do I want to be filled with the knowledge of will, with wisdom and understanding? Why, why? So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. All right, come on, Ethan, you're up here now. So, um, stand right here. Come on, come on, you're not even in the right spot. Come on. These guys have been beating me in some games the last couple of days, so I have a bit of a... So this is the sequence, okay? Focus on knowing. Deepening my knowledge of the Lord. Not information, not I got to be in biology, but a heart understanding and a wise applying of these things. If I'm focused on knowing my God, then my life will be pleasing to God. It comes from knowing and focusing and applying the wisdom. If this makes sense, say check. So then this... Verse 11, and I'll have all the strength that I need. And man, that's a lot. I got a lot going on right now. I'm just trying to get by. I'm just hanging by a thread. How can, but here's the thing. May you be strengthened with all power. That word power there is kairos, used only of God in the scripture. It's not for the faint of heart. It's enough. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience. Those are big wins. Endurance and patience. One translation says patience and long-suffering. What did you bring into church weighing you down today that couldn't be helped with a strengthening of your patience and your long-suffering? When you're failing at long-suffering, you're thinking about quitting. When you're failing about patience, at patience, you're thinking about doing something you're going to regret in a minute. but to be strengthened by his power to the place where I had a satisfying abundance of long-suffering and patience. All right, strengthening, strengthening. Who wants to be in the sermon? Do you want to be in the sermon? Come on, love. Come on up here, sweetie. Now, you're going to notice that I'll be quite a bit nicer to her than to you, too. <laughs> Come on. Here it is. Thank you so much. Okay, so if I'm focused on knowing my God, then my life will be pleasing to God and I'll have all the strength that I need. Which speaks to this critical element that we've all experienced. Why do I seem to lose my joy? Jot this down. 
when I have God's strength, my trials won't cost me my joy. We could spend a month on these verses. There's so much here. Strengthened with all endurance and patience, with joy. See it there? With joy giving thanks to the Father. That's so fantastic. How about you? Come on. Pretty dress. You look lovely today. What's your name? J. Allen. J. Allen. And what's your name? Annabelle and J. Allen. Here it is. If I'm focused on knowing my God, then my life will be pleasing to God. And I'll have all the strength that I need. And my trials, sorry about your hair, <laughs> won't cost me my joy. Now here's the beautiful, beautiful Holy Spirit-given landing of this. Giving thanks to the Father, or just if I could run at it, with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. As, as blood-bought sons and daughters of the living God through faith in Jesus, do we really comprehend all that is ours and all that is laid up for us and all that we have to look forward to that is as settled as any settled thing, less surprising than the cookies I made coming out of the oven, less surprising than that is what God has laid up for those. The Bible says, I has not seen nor his ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Coming. It's coming. And in light of it that it's coming, I can live today sharing in the inheritance of the saints in light. Think of how many are in darkness today. And through faith in Jesus, we're in the light. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Someone say amen. And transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. It's a beautiful picture of being bought back from sin. In whom we have redemption, lest we wonder what that means, the forgiveness of sins. So this is the idea, I'm in a family now, and I belong. And because I'm in the family, and because I belong, and because I'm searching madly, oh, you, for sure you, hurry down here. <laughs> I don't even know if he's real. He could be an angel, because I was looking desperately, and it was going to be you. <laughs> and I, I, I kept thinking to myself, that can't be a good idea. I mean, I know he'd like to get up here, but that's not going to. So here he comes. Does he know someone search outside diligently for him? He has arrived. Come up here. Come quickly, young man, to the applause of God's people. Well done. Well done. Don't worry. No, no guy's going to overshadow you two. Now, what's your name? Jethro. Jethro? Joshua. Joshua. Awesome. I'm so pleased to meet you, Joshua. You make me think of rejoicing. So here it is. If I'm focused on knowing my God, then my life will be pleasing to God. This is the Colossian cycle. And I'll have all the strength that I need. And my trials won't cost me my joy. And I'll 
live like a child of the king. This is who I am. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. I have the grace of God. It all comes back to this. When I'm starving myself spiritually, I make decisions that aren't pleasing to him because that's the furthest thing from my mind. Then when the waves come, you know, I'm not handling it very good, and I don't have the strength, so I lose my joy, and I forget who I am, right? But the Colossians cycle is so much better and so much more productive. So we're going to say this together. Come on, everybody stand. Let's get these points up on the screen. Do we have them there? So you say what's up there, and when they're saying your part, you hold your thing up, okay? Ready? Come on, everybody. When I'm focused on knowing my God, then my life will be pleasing to God. And I'll and my trials will cost me my joy. And I'll. <laughs> All right, you get a. Okay, one more time. One more time. Come on. Come on. Worship team's coming, so here it is. Ready? Last time. Ready, ready, ready? Yeah. If I'm focused on knowing my God, then my life will be pleasing to God. And I'll. And my. <laughs> That's a trial, and I'm not upset. And I'll. Amen. Amen. That's it. Let's thank these guys. All right. Good job, buddy. Good job. All right. Come on. Let's pray together. Father, we just bow in your presence now, and we thank you for your word. Sometimes it's profoundest truths are not the ones that we haven't heard before but the ones that we know so well and confess that the gap is not between knowing it but between knowing it and doing it and I have faith to believe for every person here whose heart is yielded to you that this would be a week of increased focus on knowing you. Might there be deeper and more profound times in your word yet today still and early tomorrow and Tuesday the same and might some of these truths ring back to us for a better, more joyful in spite of trials week of knowing who we are in your eyes. And for anyone here at church today who has not yet Come to know him whom to know is life eternal. We pray for a decision of faith to turn from sin, to embrace Jesus Christ by faith for forgiveness, for faith to receive the free gift of eternal life that truly does change everything. We give you thanks today for your word and for your church and for the faith to believe in Jesus that truly has changed our lives. In his name we pray. Amen. So I hope that you've been really encouraged today through this clear teaching from God's Word. I just want to thank you from the whole team for listening to the James McDonald podcast, where the learning is for loving, loving God and for loving others more and more until we see him face to face. 
Thank you for standing with us. Your prayerful support is our lifeline to continue this gospel partnership, and it makes podcasts like these possible. If you're not part of a vibrant, life-giving gospel church, check out this new alternative. It's called the Home Church Network. You can get it at homechurchnetwork.global. All the ministry information, Bible teaching, and and resources are there, and also at jamesmcdonaldministries.org. Hey, thank you again for listening.